Merry Christmas, Xbox. <laughs> Welcome, and thank you for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. You made it. It's the last seven days of 2020, or I guess eight days, depending on how you... Unless you're me and you work in customer service, this means that your job is now just getting even shittier. It's just the real Dark Souls starts now. Uh, your host yeah. this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Yes. <laughs> that, that's usually yes, where you say I'm hello. Or Hi. <laughs> for, I never know whether get... to say hello there or not. <laughs> before we get started, you just uh, you just paced yourself at a taquito a minute, and I think you need to get those numbers up. That seems like way too slow to be eating taquitos. Well, Lee, it all depends if you're doing microwave or air fryer. See, if I was making taquitos in the air fryer at home, those things would be gone, all right? Like, they'd be, they'd be extra crunchy on the outside. They'd be nice and soft on the inside. But when you go out in the microwave, you have to pace yourself. I guess, yeah, there could be a little pocket of lava yeah. in there you don't know about. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm drinking a low-carb monster, which is what I like to refer to oh. myself as, and it's got the Halo Infinite uh, advertisement all over it. I was just talking about this with someone yesterday that, like, Wonder Woman was supposed to come out in the spring and then didn't, yeah. but all the Doritos and the Mountain Dew <laughs> with, with uh, Gal Gadot on it still hit stores, and now yeah. Halo Infinite, same deal, it was supposed to come out in November or whatever, launch with the console, and didn't, but now we're getting all these energy drinks and Doritos <laughs> and all these, like, all these crazy tie-ins, and that game has straight Wait. up been delayed a year, man. <laughs> Lee, the consumer base for Doritos and Mountain Dew, I don't think they are buying these products based on the Halo Infinite promotions, so I don't think they have anything to worry about. Uh, Halo Infinite coming soon. <laughs> By soon, we mean <laughs> at least 365 days. Uh, I don't even know what you get with this. I don't even know what the tie-in is. Is it nothing? Is it just, is it just like, we're going to put Master Chief I, on the monster I, can? I don't eat Doritos nor drink Mountain Dew as much as I used to, so I cannot comment. Uh, I would like to say that the the All Night or whatever they're called Doritos brand or whatever, the like for adults only, it's like pussy flavored Doritos. Uh, there's a there's a <laughs> Buffalo Wing Dorito. Yeast that's... infection Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> like stale cigarette breath Doritos uh, or whatever. Uh, those are pretty good. I like uh, I like pounding a uh, small bag of those with a uh, with an energy drink. I'm not above it. I'm a gamer, after all. I gotta fuel myself, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking way too much water lately. No more uh, energy drinks for me. So. Real water. Uh, yeah. So we had a we had a listener qu- a question, and we're gonna hit it now because we're launching into Cyberpunk, and we're not jacking back out until the end of the episode. Uh, this comes from Justin. What is the best video game thing you own or have been gifted on Christmas? Oh. Fuck, that's a good question. See, I don't know you uh, as a collector. I don't know how much, like, junk you have laying around other than maybe old collector's editions and stuff. Um, I will... I have... I collect the things that I deem that I want collectible. So they're typically video game series, like Final Fantasy, Dark Souls, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Shin Megami Tensei. Those are the kinds of games I will go out of my way to collect. You want a hard copy me. somewhere on a shelf in case you need yeah, to break the glass I do have play a, it. Yeah, I have a giant shelf right beside my TV at home that has like all of my stuff. It has all my games, my Blu-rays, my manga, my anime. It's oh, uh, my records. It's all good. It's when all the good. cops storm the apartment, you just you just hit a button and that entire shelf just goes up in flames. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say the neatest thing I've ever gotten for christmas as far as uh video games is concerned is probably something i bought for myself uh one of the first years i was working at my current job and it was the metal gear solid essential collection 
this includes Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, but what makes this collection so special is that all three games have special cases. Sure. Uh, 2 and 3 look very similar to the subsistence cases, except the back of them are uh, like no-print, generic Kojima production things. Yeah. Um, but, but what makes it extra special is that Metal Gear Solid 1 has a special PS2-style case for the PS1 game. It has Big Boss, Liquid, and Solid on the cover, and it looks so fucking cool. So uh, I have that too, and I have to say uh, that in the game, like, I played Metal Gear Solid back-to-back, like, one-a-day kind of thing. Like, I played 1, yeah, 2, and 3 as too. part of that Essentials you me, collection. You and me had the same yeah. Metal Gear Solid experience. And I used those exact copies too, uh, which is the, the fun part. And, oh, I used HD collection. Uh, when I did this, when Meryl's like, uh, look at, look for my number on the back of the yeah. case. I'm like, what the, fu- what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know where it was like fucking uh, ego raptor or whatever all over again. I was just like, yeah. what, what, are you, what is this bitch talking about? There is nothing on the back of the case. And then, meanwhile, you have to look at the back of the paper sleeve that it comes in, and there's a picture of it there. Uh, so they're having a little bit of fun. That's fine. Um, yeah. That's so an interesting thing say, to consider your like your favorite video game collectible, but it is a sick collection with those cool cases. Right, admittedly. but what am I supposed to say? Like my copy of Bloodborne, like. <laughs> I mean, if it's a special yeah. one. It no, signed? I don't. I don't really have any collector's editions. I don't like figurines. I don't like cheap accessories or anything like that. I don't find them appealing whatsoever, so I don't collect any sure. of those. I had a phase. Uh, where I was get like in the 360 era, I was getting a lot of that stuff. Like somewhere in my basement right now, there's like a big resin Marcus Phoenix that I've never thought about for a long time. Uh, I think I ended up giving that away or something. But I, I had a lot of that junk. Uh, but of course, from my collecting days, I've got a lot of weird stuff, stuff I've hung on to uh, through the years. Uh, some of it I moved on because it's just it's just worth so much. And I'm not doing anything with it, so absolutely. But uh, one of my prized possessions uh, that again was a purchase for myself, mind you, uh, was a Game Boy Light, which is the Game Boy Pocket. That takes two double A's instead of triple A's and has a backlight. And this is an official released Game Boy that was in Japan only. Uh, and I managed to snag one of those in box. And I'm to understand this thing is worth like $400, $500 actually. Uh, but it's shit. sick. I would never get rid of it. It's it's a backlit black and white Game Boy um, that will probably last longer than the batteries in my Pokemon cartridges ever will, obviously. But uh, that thing's pretty sick and very hard to come by. Uh, I've always wanted... If anyone wants to send me... Uh, something. Uh, there's something called a Panasonic Q, and what this thing is is a GameCube with like a DVD player built into it, and it was released by Panasonic in partnership with Nintendo in in Japan only. And this thing is f- fucking wicked. It's Chrome. It's got all the like GameCube like memory card ports and controller ports. Plays your GameCube games, but also has like all these wicked switches on it, and just looks like this fucking tech garbage uh, thing. And I've always been on the uh, the lookout for one of those. A Panasonic Q. Hey, you want to play Smash Brothers? Yeah, let's hook up the Panasonic Q. <laughs> fuck, fuck it up. Uh, so next week, of course, is uh, is is Boxing Week here in the Commonwealth, as we like to call it, and uh, lots of uh, you know with the holiday break between Christmas and New Year's, a lot of internet content creators take a break. Read. Uh, we don't get paid to do this, so we don't take a break. We just we just do it if we feel like it. We um, fucking talk for an hour. That's it. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it's not, if that, because of uh, how long it takes us to eat taquitos. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm I'm proposing we we give some shout outs to some content. Maybe you've uh, watched over the over the year here. Uh, oh, absolutely. For for anyone to fill the the void of the holiday break with, uh, you go first. All right. Well, first of all, I have to give a shout out to my boys at OSW Review, Old School Wrestling Review. Um, 
I know that this is a video game podcast, but if you're at all interested in pro wrestling or really just want a really uh, neat deep deep dive into a video podcast review of old school wrestling or particular wrestling storylines, these three Irish guys, very funny. Uh, They give a very thorough review of wrestling pay-per-views. They have retrospectives, callbacks, splices, a bunch of games. Like, it's it's an all-around variety show. To tie it back yeah. to video games, uh, the, these three guys are also pretty proficient gamers in their own right. There's a lot of game music spliced in, a lot of references, memes, lots of yeah. Simpsons references as well. Yes, overall, uh, just one of the best channels on YouTube as far as quality goes. If I just, may go into, yeah. if I may go into actual video game content, sure. Um, <laughs> just some of my personal favorites I like to listen to. I like Strat Edgy on YouTube. Uh, he just talks about a lot of games that I find interesting, such as The Elder Scrolls, Kotar. Etc. And he usually takes deep dives into them, or does a playthrough of them while uh, explaining how you can break the game in various ways. Uh, Matthew Matosis on YouTube. I'm pretty sure everybody knows about this guy. Do his famous Dark Souls reviews, but he has very fun commentary tracks for games like Del May Cry, Beautiful Joe, Dark Souls, and Demon Souls. Especially relevant now with the Demon Souls remake. So those are kind of the channels I've been hovering around this winter. Uh, there's a ton more, obviously, but nothing that is immediately jumping to my mind. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, for video games, I typically consume mostly just giant bomb content. Um, I, I will look into the things Reed suggests in terms of, like, longer style reviews. Uh, Jakey, I believe his, his account is Nakey Jakey, the guy who sits on a fucking yoga ball. Uh, I've been enjoying his longer takes and his videos. Uh, I like his personality. Other than that... I'm going to suggest, uh, if you don't already know about the Internet Historian and his stable of boys, uh, check that out. Lots of long, cozy content there. The editing, to me, is just fucking top-notch and hilarious. And he has two subsidiaries, friends of his, that have appeared in videos uh, and his recreations, his dramatizations of different stories and stuff. And that's Cemento Media, and that's Ordinary Things. Ordinary Things... Uh, in the last couple weeks, like I just started watching and binging his content because I'm like, oh, this is it's kind of just like trivial stuff about anything. Here's here's something about this company. Here's something about, uh, y- you know, some digging d- down very into like handshakes. Why do we do that? Uh, and Nestle, why they're evil? That kind of stuff uh, presented in a a YouTube uh, sleeve, let's say. Uh, so check that out. And just as I started binging his stuff, his, his page took off. So I was like watching his videos and they would have like 20,000 views, 30,000 views. And then later that week he released a notification where he's just like, well, I guess I made it. Uh, and then I went back and looked at the history of those videos I'd been watching. And in, in a week they had achieved 60 to like 120,000 views. Uh, so good for him. Uh, other than that, Bright Sun Films, uh, uh Jake over there does a bunch of, uh, stuff about, uh, bankrupt, abandoned kind of content, and then uh, I'm going to throw it back to if you like dead malls, if you like watching people uh, pick through dirty motels and find bed bugs, bugs and like blood stains and semen on the walls. Uh, this is Dan Bell is a uh, is an account, and you want to look up uh, another dirty room, and you want to look up his dead mall series. Uh, this is all pretty well known stuff around the internet, but I'm uh, throwing a shout out to that today. And I think let's uh, let's get down to it. Read Cyberpunk last. Last week, yeah, last week, seems like a million years ago, uh, we talked about the the issues with Cyberpunk, we talked about the fallout, no pun intended, uh, of of their shaky launch, of the glitches, of the completely unacceptability uh, of that that version of that game that was released on PS4 and Xbox One, and since then, uh, Sony has put it upon themselves, just in the middle of the night in Poland, uh, they were like, we're gonna give refunds, uh... 
for this fucking game, which is somewhat unprecedented for them on top of removing it from sale. So they're like, we'll play ball, uh, CD Projekt Red. We'll give you your refunds that you've put us on the spot for. Because Sony started taking heat. And when Sony starts to take heat, that's when shit gets shitty. Uh, so they're doing digital refunds, or at least they were, as far as we know, that the limit for that was the 21st or something like that. And uh, you, as far as I know, you still cannot purchase Cyberpunk 2077 digitally on PlayStation, which is just insane. Uh, Microsoft yeah. followed suit a few, day, a few days later. They are just like o- offering open rebates or rebates, refunds. If you purchase this thing and you are not happy with it, contact them and they'll reverse the charge. Microsoft, on the whole, way better with refunds than PlayStation ever has been, uh, or should I say Sony? And uh, they they are still selling the game though. And I will say, since the the update, I think it was Friday night. There was like a 16 gigabyte update that I know fucked you up because you were in the middle of playing. Um, but after that update, it seems like a lot of the highlight reel glitch physics, uh, cars blowing up for no reason, guys being catapulted over oceans, that stuff seems to be mostly gone, at least in my experience, having played the game quite a bit over the weekend since then. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I'm still experiencing a lot of glitches uh, and bugs. They okay. range <laughs> from uh, very simple and almost non-existent to becoming quite annoying, if I'm being honest. Not to the point that I don't want to play the game, because I still want to make it very clear that I love Cyberpunk. Like, I fucking love this game. Um, But when I'm missing dialogue from certain characters and my characters reacting to nothing, uh, when their voice all of a sudden becomes radio and radioized instead of in person or the reverse. Or or uh, their voice becomes a different person altogether. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, stuff like that. It's, It's starting to get a little bit annoying in that regard, but overall... Like, I'm still crashing. It's more or less the same experience for me as last week, to be honest. I've had very little... I've had one hard crash uh, to, to, like, the dashboard that I had to restart my console, no problems otherwise. And then I've had maybe one or two times where, like, a loading screen didn't come up and the game just stalled on a black screen and I had to restart. My game has crashed a lot, but coincidentally, it always crashes at not the same time, but the same uh, thing I'm doing, which is usually heading to a new quest and driving really fast. Hmm. Uh, like I like, want to say overall that I think you've had a worse. You've played way more hours than me, obviously, so you have a yes, better, have. B- bigger sample size. But I think you've had more problems per hour than I've had with this game on Xbox. Yeah, there has been some other things. One time when I went to the settings to change my camera stuff because the game reverts that setting sometimes. At least in the last patch, it did. Has never done that uh, to me. I check it, it every time because you said it. It, <laughs> it would not let me uh, exit my settings. Like I couldn't leave them. I had to close the game and reopen it, which is very annoying, and I hate that. Um, overall, really wish that that there was the PS5 version for this game so I could really take full advantage of the hardware that I spent all this money on, but. You know, I still fucking love this game, so. Yeah, so I think it goes without saying that neither of us are what we could what we could call disappointed in this game because it's no. delivering on the things we expected it to, and there's going to be a lot of nitpicks throughout. Uh, like, uh, there's going to be certain quests that come up, certain things that come up in this game where you're like, this either seems bad or it le- is legitimately unfinished. I'm coming across more stuff now where I'm just like, this feels like there was meant to be more here. Yes, and we yeah. know that to be the case with this game. At every corner, it's barely yeah. holding together. So, yeah, yeah, like it's very obvious once you get like halfway through the game, there was meant to be some sort of faction system to this game. Perhaps, um, yeah. They People definitely are, took, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, they definitely took a lot of inspiration from New Vegas, especially in regards, I don't want to say... Uh, to the faction system because there isn't one, but how they were going to structure that in regards to the main story. Right. 
And speaking of the main story, uh, last week we spoke about kind of how the game uh, opens with uh, you choosing one of three uh, backstories, essentially. Uh, and then you do your opening job there with Maelstrom and uh, getting the flathead. Uh, then we do the brain dance thing with Judy and Evelyn Parker. We get our plans for the raid here. Uh, so yeah, moratorium on the state the state of this game as it stands on December 23rd, 2020. Uh, I'm going to leave the bit where we're talking about how fucked up it is in part two in the master episode and stuff like that. So historically, it will be mentioned. Uh, but we're just going to talk about the game and our experience with it. Yeah. And you will mostly be expected to hear us gushing about it from here on out. So you end up at Arasaka Tower. You are introduced to Dell and uh, whatever the fuck grift that... So this is an AI that runs a armored vehicle service? No, a cab service. They just have defense and offense protocols in case it needs to happen. Right. Uh, so um, We should preface this by saying I'm much farther in the story than Lee is. Uh, all the stuff Lee is currently talking about is stuff I did like a week ago. Well, this is the beginning of the game. I'm, I'm even yeah. further than that, but... Um... So you, uh, they're introducing a lot of things quickly to you in this game, and I've heard some gripes that you don't get a fish out of water, which wouldn't fucking make sense in this universe whatsoever. If they went the route where you are some guy who was frozen in 1970 and you're waking up 100 years later, that's fucking bullshit. Uh, there has to be, I think this game relies on its writing to fill in the gaps like when you watch a movie that's set in the future I don't know let's take for example I fucking robot um, these well, characters live in this world they don't have a lot of questions about the day to day we're talking about a main character here who when the story begins already has cybernetics already has a fucking cable coming out of their wrist this is yeah, someone true. who wouldn't be like what's a brain dance this is someone who right but it could yeah. be exclusive to Night City because for example with my uh, chosen sure. path which is nomad it's made very clear at the beginning of the game that i have never been to night city before or know any of these things i can kind of get some of the points behind that uh, i don't think it's a bad thing that we're playing a character that has a slightly pre-established history or knowledge of certain things it's like playing Witcher three with Geralt in that in that regard right uh, it's different from fallout 4 because fallout 4 is trying to tell you that you can be anybody that you want but you can't actually because you do have a very established thorough background. Well, v Fallout's is... never... Yeah, the thing with Fallout is it's never traded on that. Uh, like, in each Fallout, you are the fish out of... Except for New Vegas, you are the fish out of water, really. You're coming out of the vault and you're seeing this world for the first time. In Fallout 4, there's like one throwaway line that's like, wow, those are big cockroaches. And that's... After that, he's in the wasteland, he's shooting people in the head, and he doesn't really have anything to say about it, the main character in that game. Right. Uh, whereas V, through narration, through his interaction with other characters and little subtle things throughout, I feel like this game, for what's there, uh, does a really good job of immersing you in its world. And if you're curious about something, the game is littered with, with text logs and yeah. dialogue uh, that kind of fills in the gaps, right? But um, the Nomad, I think more complaints don't stem so much from V not being a blank slate, but the uselessness of the Street Kid Corporal Nomad choice. Aside from some unique dialogue options during select missions, really this doesn't do anything. Like, at the very beginning of my game, my Nomad character has mentioned that their old family group, the Backers, 
uh, have joined with a group called Snake Nation, and there's clearly some discontent <laughs> Fucking there. Snake Nation. <laughs> yeah, like is Ratty Orange leaning or something. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is literally like nothing has ever come up from it again. I've never talked to the dude I talked to the radio before. I've never seen anybody who belonged to the backers or Snake Nation. It's it's just flavor text. In that regard, I understand some of the frustration because they, when you make the choice at the beginning of the game, they make it seem like it's going to be a substantial choice. Um, right. So, and then this further pushes my theory that there was going to be a faction system. In my I, opinion, that these were originally going to be the factions and it wasn't going to be a choice you make at the beginning. It's a choice you make partway through the game, much like New Vegas. Right. New Vegas, you can do a variety of things along the way, but at the end of the day, at the final quest, you have to choose a side. And I felt, I felt this game was going to do the same thing. I thought they were going to have four different paths. Corporal, Street Kid, Corporal. Nomad, yeah. <laughs> and, and the solo route, or the anarchistic route, which I would like to say. Very light spoilers here, but in my opinion, the leaders of these factions is very obvious as well. Corporal was going to be Meredith Stout. Street Kid was going to be Rogue. Nomad was going to be Panam. And then anarchistic slash solo is Johnny Silverhand. Um... I think once you look at it in that regard, a lot more things start to come into place, especially once you start getting later into the story and especially some of the more important side quests. So there's, I've had, I, I complained about this when we were talking about it last week, that like, hey, there's no there's no real tag back or reference to the opening in the game and how my character got fucked over by this guy, whatever. But then uh, I was talking to like Goro when you're, when you're staked out looking at this place because you're going to, again... Uh, without going into spoilers, I got some dialogue for him where he talks about it. He's from Arasaka. Right. You and can the... reference it, but you can't, like, do anything about no, it. No, and but that's okay. Like, I don't... Hmm. Like, it, it doesn't... It, it's, it doesn't bother me, and it's not a detriment to the game, in my opinion, but it's very weird. Because they make it a big deal at the beginning of the game. And this kind of goes into another thing we've been philosophically talking about in this game, is that cyberpunk... Uh, is is kind of based around these corporations and how evil they are and uh, the the you know main crux of the game with with Johnny Silverhand which we'll get into a, in a moment is he's just trying to take down this monolithic uh, corporation and the the corporations themselves are a bit vague it's almost like crime operates on different levels and that the corps at the top yes they fucked with the poor yes they've done these things in the past but they are mostly fucking with each other now and then you have like the night city street crime level where it's drug dealers and people doing jobs and stuff like that the and they're gangs. mostly left alone to their own devices yeah and that's kind of weird because it, it leaves you without a big bad guy in the game like even based on the first mission we're talking about arasaka tower you see son kill father spoilers from here on out obviously and that's kind of the crux of you know, the next few hours of the game is, is right, what happens now. I've uh, never seen Arasaka go up to a poor family and take food from them or apply taxes or take over their land. No. Uh, a big problem this game has in regards to the corporations is uh, telling us and not showing us. We hear a lot from Johnny and from other people how corpos are oppressing the regular folk and taking over the city. We don't actually see it. I yeah. haven't seen Arasaka do anything bad. Like... Other than uh, the state far, of things, right? Like the fact that people are, yeah, are other than in the state they saying, are. Yeah. Yes. It's very strange to me that if you really want me to hate these corpos, and it doesn't seem to me anyway, the further I go into this story, that I'm going to have an option to side with the corpos at any point. 
Yeah. Uh, that was even the, the weird thing about the Corpo opening. And it's Corpo, by the way. But they, they yeah. also use Core, like C-O-R-P-S, but they pronounce it Corpse, like as in the Corpse. Uh, but, of course, C-O-R-P-S, we've been beating into our heads our entire lives that that, that is pronounced Core, as in Army Corps. Uh, so it takes some getting used to. Anyway, there isn't even a sense that... Like, you read into some emails and stuff at the beginning of the game, and you can kind of see, like, yeah, they're a fucking business, but the main crux is infighting and fighting other corporations. And after you are out of that lifestyle, after you're dealing with uh, the what you're dealing with in the game, it's like, okay, so here's what we know about Arasaka. Uh, we know they kicked a bunch of farmers off their land. We know they did some terrible things 50 years ago, which, uh, you know... Got I don't on know the, these things. Got I, on the I'm attention not, of Johnny Silverhand, and he did what he did. Sure, yeah, I'm not. I'm not fucking. I'm not reading anything right now. All I got is what Johnny has told me, which is basically what you just said. Right, and then you have some some flavor text from like Goro, for example, where he's talking about Arasaka goes to Japan and they straight up recruit child soldiers, fill them oh, with shit, cybernetics, you're and make. That far in the story. What's that? You're that far in the story. I, I was, it's during a stakeout with him when you're like going to take, uh, you're like got to break into this compound to, to fuck shit up. Yeah, no, you're that far in the story. Oh already. yeah, I'm that far in the story. Sure. Have you, have you been neglecting side content? Nope. Uh, the only side content I haven't done is if the danger is too high and also finding all those fucking cars for Dell. Fuck that. Wow. Okay. For some reason, like, I feel like I have a lot more hours than you, but you and me are at the... Because what I did yesterday was meet up with Koro for the stakeout of that facility. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we're talking about the same mission. In that mission, he he talks again. He's talking about uh, they go they go to Japan. They, they pick the best and the brightest. They fill them with cybernetics. They make them into, like, mindless soldiers. And, uh, hey, that's evil, depending on how you look at it. Only that... It seems like everybody, you know, like you pierce a baby's ears when it's young so it doesn't have to worry about it when it's six and doesn't doesn't cry or whatever. It seems like everybody from birth is implanted with something or like that that is all very interesting to me and also like in terms of yeah. role playing uh, in, when I if, if since you are at that particular store I can actually talk about that particular content especially yeah. what I didn't Goro do that said. mission yet. I saved right as I was going to break into that okay. place. Okay. <laughs> so basically what Goro is talking about, I understand what they're going for here and this is maybe my explanation why we don't see a lot of corpo evidence of them doing stuff. Corpo. It's yes. because they they were afraid of making them pure evil like the empire in Star Wars. Right. Goro tries to go at some points being like yeah, they took all us children away, but they gave me food, they gave me education, discipline, all these things I needed. And then he also says, like, you want to take down corporations, you hate corporations, What, like, what's your replacement? What's your plan after they go away? Um, so that makes me think that CD Projekt Red was just afraid to make the corpos, like, just outrightly evil, because you could just immediately disregard what Goro said there. There would be no gray area for them. It's, uh, it's I if think... Yeah. If their compromise, if their compromise for a gray area is just not show the, the them doing anything bad, however, then I can't agree with that. So there's like there's stuff like in the beginning, and I've mentioned this, uh, like when you're given the task as a corpo to start the game, and when he, or your superiors at the company asks you basically to off one of the other people working in your company on your floor. Uh, you get a call when you're in the taxi. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but it's like your your psychological doctor who's like, "Hey, I'm monitoring your your health yeah, you stats." And, uh, yeah, and you're, you you seem upset. And at that point, you're like, oh, man, the evil corporations have, like, robots in you that can tell if you're, like, they, they keep you from getting sick so you can keep working and all this kind of stuff. But then when you get into the game on the whole, that's, like, a boon. That's a reason why, 
like it's it sounds evil it sounds like this corporation is keeping you working they're keeping you monitored they're keeping an eye on you all the time but then you get into the game on the whole and you're like yeah but everyone's doing that and how great would it be to, for this like street kid to work his way into this corporation and get all these free cybernetics to improve their own life and you right. get a different perspective on it and i think that's the issue with them not being full evil is that you're like yeah but they also help their own you know what i mean like right in their own company a- yeah. And here's the thing, though, Lee. I didn't choose the corpo st- stuff. All yeah. the stuff you're talking about, I do not experience in my game. Corpos are non-existent in my playthrough for the most part. The only interaction I've had was with their disca- uh, stout. Right. And that's a big issue. That's a big problem. I, I, su- I suppose. Like, it, I guess it depends on... Yeah, when you, when you mentioned it the other day, when you're just like, hey, uh, what are these corporations actually doing to the people directly that we know about in the game? And the answer I had at the time was, I, I don't know. I, there's right, nothing. the closest um, thing we've got to that in this game as far as like a dystopian future uh, with evil corporations, the closest we got to that is the very beginning of the game when you rescue that lady from the bathtub and, right. th- we're, and then the trauma team comes and checks her credit before they go and save her. The game That's needs the, more of that. Yeah. yeah, that's the closest we've got. Um, so it needs to come back to that. Yeah, that's absolutely one of my biggest complaints. Hey, are you far enough in the game that... So I, I don't remember much from the trailers because I went media blackout, but I remember specifically that it showed like the main player character also being able to buy that life insurance. And if you die in the game, instead of having to reload, maybe the ambulance shows up and revives you. Is that something that you know anything about? No, I've never heard of that. So there's a lot of stuff like that, and that's a big reason why CD Projekt Red might be facing a a class action lawsuit. Stuff like that's just fucking not in the game. Like, it's just not... Anyway, let's talk about what happens at Arasaka Tower. Uh, You and Jackie are there. You use the brain dance from Evelyn to kind of scope out the place and and figure out where the thing you are trying to steal is. The thing you are trying to steal is a data chip, Engram. You don't know much about it. It's in a temperature-controlled case, I guess you would say. It's in, like, a cold case... Uh, which is weird, but, you know, computers, whatever, fuck it. So you get this case, and then suddenly people return to the penthouse suite, and oh fuck. So you hide behind this big screen, and you see the events that play out. Um, uh, Adam Smasher is there, Goro is there, and uh, father and son that, uh, you know, uh, so- Saburu, what is it? I got it right here. Nobu and... Uh, Saburo, yeah. Saburo. Uh, Saburo's the old man. He's like 158 years old. He fought in like the... So another thing to say about cyberpunk is it is not an alternate future, it is an alternate world altogether. There are events referenced in this game that I've seen back to, like, the 1980s, 1990s, and it's cyberpunk. Like, it's the same world. This is a completely alternate history. Think more Fallout uh, than anything, I think, is the best way to yeah. say it. It's just, like, there's alternate history events that happened way, way, way in the past, and this this is a completely different Earth we're dealing with here. Uh, well, Night it's City itself, cyber- yeah. It's literally based off the Cyberpunk 2020 RPG you couldn't base it in our reality based on that fact because right. our 2020 is not fucking cyberpunk. It's way, <laughs> it's way worse. <laughs> um, but you, you see Yornabu uh, strangle and kill his father in front of you. You and Jackie witnessed this happening. Uh, this is this is bad news. Of course, then the tower goes into lockdown. This is a variable that you didn't think you'd have to deal with. You try to escape via the roof. You crash through some glass. Jackie is, is very fucked up, and the case is damaged. At this point, the best bet you have is to take this data chip out and slot it into your brain, 
which sounds a bit dangerous. Jackie does it first, being a bro, doesn't even hesitate, doesn't even give you the option. He's just like, I got you, man. Uh, and I will say, Jackie, for what he appears at the beginning of, ga- of the game, and then during this mission, Jackie really, really endears himself to you. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of times where I say the writing in this game does wonders for endearing characters to you, even with its kind of weird line delivery sometimes. Absolutely. Um, there's a uh, lot of likable characters, which is something I can't say about a lot of games I've played this year. Yeah, especially when I first met Jackie, I didn't think he was that interesting of a character, nor did I think he was going to be. But uh, he very much, like you said, endears himself to you. He has lots of little bits where he just talks about eating noodles or liking bikes. Um, yeah, he's a guy ex- who, who just like you, just like the player character, is is a like two-bit thug trying to make it, trying to become a legend. The thing that Jackie wants... You get to go to the afterlife with Jackie before this mission, for example... And Jackie's just just like fanboying out about about sitting where all these other people have sat. So yeah, uh, and that's what really develops his characters, especially throughout this mission, where he keeps talking about how he's not going back to an impoverished lifestyle. Like he's making the big time, no matter what, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you uh, you have a very stylistic and awesome escape from Arasaka Tower, where you either sneak or shoot your fucking way out, Matrix style. Uh, just bodying fools all the way. Uh, this is kind of the the first big extended shooting sequence. Um, you you don't have a lot of tools on you. Obviously, you only have so many quick hacks, so many weapons. Uh, but you, pretty quickly, there's a cover system in the game. There's it's really nothing to write home about. Reed has uh, some some control settings that I put on after this mission. I'm like, oh my god, that's so much better. Uh, that makes it a little more responsive. No no uh, crank up time. I don't know why they put that in fucking games, man. It's like crank up time, where it's just like you push the stick and there's a two second delay before you move. Ridiculous. Why the uh, fuck would you want that? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, the the rock star control setting. You push it. You push a stick, and then in five seconds or so, if Arthur feels like it, he'll turn left. Um, <laughs> So you shoot your way out of there, and Jackie's in rough shape, and on the drive uh, back to to Dexter's, Jackie uh, passes away in the car. Uh, In a very emotional scene, and it's very well written. He clearly uh, believes in you and everything you're going to do. His last words essentially being like, you can do this, I know you have it in you. Like, get famous for both of us. Uh, So he passes the chip, uh, you you take the chip and slot it into your own brain, and that's a whole world of, of trouble. Uh, so you uh, you go to see see Dexter. You you tell Dell this is like a side quest thing, but you tell Dell to take. Uh, oh, that's another thing Arasaka did. You tell Dell to take Jackie to the Ripper Dock, and uh, we didn't even talk about him. And you learn later that Arasaka stole Jackie. Oh, that did not fucking happen for me. Are you dumb? <laughs> what, uh... you, you didn't talk to the doctor. I sent Jackie to the mother to his family, and then oh. they, they they got his corpse and buried him. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so in my game, I sent Jackie to the doctor, the Ripper Doc, and when I went back later to pay him uh, for the for the cybernetics that you get at the beginning of the game, uh, Ve- Victor Vector Vector Victor, uh, excellent character, really likable doctor guy. Uh, he gives you a free cybernetic implant for your eye to give you uh, s- some a better chance in Arasaka Tower at the beginning of the game, and uh, you get a side quest later to pay him back. And he also has a lot of the greatest update uh, upgrades in the game. So great character. Anyways, I sent Jackie to him to maybe be like, hey, maybe this guy ha- has something to do with him. And I learned later that Arasaka stole Jackie, and then I learned from Goro that no, yeah, they have Jackie, and they're using the uh, the Soul Eater or whatever on him. 
What? So Arasa- Arasaka had interest in Jackie. They took him. They stole his personality and memories, probably to cover up that what happened, what he saw happened. Right. So I fucking did not get any of that. I sent him to his family, and then they buried him, and that was that. Nope. Yeah, his family in my game has no body. His body was stolen by Arasaka. So in that regard, I guess I have a little bit more of a grudge against Arasaka. Wow. Because obviously, if there's a side quest to, like, go save Jackie's body and give it to his family, I'm going to fucking do it, right? Yeah, I definitely do not have that side quest, so... Yeah, and I thought it was cool that not only the Doctor references it, but I actually had a a line of dialogue later during that stakeout where I asked him about, like, Jackie's body, and he mentioned it, and he mentioned the, uh... Is it the soul... What is it called? Soul Eater? Soul... Soul Killer. Soul Killer. Okay, speaking of the Soul Killer. So you go to Dex. Uh, Dex is like, man, you sure, uh... Sure brought a lot of heat with you. Uh, Yeah, you sure fucked that up, didn't you? This is, uh... This particular moment was a... Was a, I don't want to say a bad sign, but this was a bad choice on their part, in my opinion. So you go um, wash the blood off your face, you step back out, and you get shot in the head. Right, but anybody with half a fucking brain could see this coming. I, and I mean, you, sure, maybe. And you have no choice, and this is going to bleed into a particular quest that you told me about earlier this morning. But it's uh, it's crazy how they didn't have like a dialogue option for intelligence, even. Just to be like, clearly, this guy's going to fuck me up. I don't want to go in the bathroom. I tried to not go in the bathroom for the longest time, but the game forced me to. I'll put it this way. I wasn't expecting this, but I also wasn't surprised when it happened. Oh, I was... Uh, how do you not expect it? Like, <laughs> I thought Dexter was a cool guy! No! <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is another thing. The only cyberpunk trailer I do remember is from years and years ago. And in this trailer, V shows up to Dex much like, much like this, and then Dex tries to kill him, except V kills Dex instead. That is not what happened in this game. No. Uh, so Dex shoots you in the head, you get a late title card, and when you come to, when V comes to, uh, you are not V. You are Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you are Whoa. living the memory of Johnny Silverhand. You, take, you go on stage, you don't perform which i thought was weird uh it like blacks out when that happens i thought it would be cool if you like performed a whole song or some shit um, well can you imagine keanu singing he has a band doesn't he in real life he must <laughs> I, I know he owns a motorcycle company i'm gonna have to do some youtube <laughs> after this uh it's like you you know bruce willis was a singer in the 80s right what uh bruce willis went by the name of bruno and he played harmonica and sang in a rock band in the 80s no way you need to you need to YouTube Seagram's Golden Wine Coolers Bruno and you will see Bruce Willis singing about wine coolers dancing around. Wild. It'll, it'll change your life. Uh, so you are Johnny Silverhand. Johnny Silverhand has a silver hand. He is a radical terrorist. Uh, he <laughs> has performed his last terrorist. show with his band, <laughs> uh, Samurai, I believe they are called. Yeah. And uh, now it's time to go set off a nuke in Arasaka Tower. Now, uh, so you play uh, as if yeah. I can quickly jot By in means. here. So, Johnny Silverhand is what I, from what I know, is a character that actually is in the old Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk Red RPG. But a little bit more interesting that is everybody keeps referring to Johnny as a rocker boy. If you played the original Cyberpunk RPG, a rocker boy was one of the character classes that you could choose. And they are all described as musicians fighting the corporal oppre- oh, oppression with uh, yeah. rebellious intent, essentially. Sure. Yeah, this is a little fun fact for you. Thank you. 
Uh, so Jackie is not Jackie. Uh, so John, R.I.P. Jackie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that they stole your body. I'll try to get it back if I can. <laughs> There's even dialogue when I when I called uh, Jackie's mom, and I think Jackie's mom is the first one that tells me that like, hey, yeah, Jackie's body got stolen. And I'm like, are you fucking joking my ass right now? Anyway. Uh, uh, Johnny Silverhand performs his last show He's over it He's he's. Uh, this makes me believe that there's something more personal And again, you're further in the story And you've talked to Johnny more extensively There's something more to Johnny's backstory That made him this radical, this angry, this quickly At Arasaka uh, But I haven't gotten there yet If, it, if such a thing happens um, Yes, I'm, yes, there is <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious that's the, It's obvious Johnny's not telling you his true Everything. feelings yeah. on on the matter. Uh, so, you play through this uh, thing as Johnny. You use his sweet ass gun. Uh, I don't know if you meleeed with his gun, but it shoots a yeah, fireball. Yeah, of course, his uh, gun's fucking awesome. <laughs> you can get that gun in the game as V, by the way. Um, so you shoot up this place as Johnny Silverhand. He's the ultimate cyberpunk badass. Obviously, classic video game moment where they give you a strong established character and make you feel like you're a strong established character. I don't know why this is so fucking hard for games like Avengers, but you just played through a sequence where you're getting your ass handed to you as V. Now you're Johnny Silverhand. You're just laying waste to everybody. You set off this nuke. Uh, Johnny is captured. Uh, Johnny is subject to... uh, Torture, and they use this soul... What was it again? Soul Killer. Soul Killer. I want to say Eater because of, like, Dark Knights and Final Fantasy, but Soul Killer, which backs up your personality and your memories and everything to an engram, to a data chip, to to a, a physical backup of your person uh, in its entirety, and presumably at that point, Johnny is killed during this process. We don't know that for sure. Uh, we don't know that anyone subject to the the Soul Killer is actually killed, right. but as far they, as we know, yes. Yeah, they they don't really make it clear whether that person is actually like dead. Which, yeah. uh, and then at the same time, we don't know whether um, putting someone's personality and memories onto an engram will render the body now a husk or not. Which makes Saburo Arasaka super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because for all we know, he already had his memories and his stuff backed up to an engram. And he was just walking around in his physical body until it dies. We we know that to be a case because of something Hellman says. Uh, this is jumping forward, of course. But the designer of the chip is a man by the name of Hellman. It is an experimental tech. It is not, uh, as he puts it... Uh, it's in beta. It's it's not something that is established yet. But the point of this is, yes, immortality is not just to use it on your enemies to learn what they know and see their entire life on a USB drive, uh, but in fact to back up your own memories and put yourself into a new body and live forever just by backing up your life, in putting it into a better body, a younger body, and continuing to live. And, and thus, altered carbon was created. Right. Uh, <laughs> And then also the, the implications of this is you cannot die. Because uh, if your body is destroyed, you've got memory backups and we just load you into another body. How often can you do this? I don't know. Um, but it's it's vastly interesting. So what happens here is you get shot in the head by Dexter. Uh, the next thing you know is you're waking up in a landfill. Coincidentally at the same time uh, that our buddy Goro here, the bodyguard who is... He's Saburo's uh, per- personal bodyguard. Obviously, he has to serve the head of Arasaka Company. He knows something's afoot. He he basically knows in his heart of hearts, or robot heart of hearts, what went down here with the son killing the father, and he needs you to prove it. Uh, so he brings Dexter into this landfill to find you, with the engram still in your neck, uh, and then kills Dexter. 
presumably. Just shoots him in the head. Dexter's yeah. just, don't worry about that. Don't worry about getting revenge on Dexter. That guy's in the landfill. Uh, so he he gets you up. Uh, you, you make your escape uh, with him, and you wake up in a really bad way finding that this engram you've loaded into your neck is is this soul killer engram of Johnny Silverhand that they had, why they were storing it in the penthouse, what its significance is, is, is to me, anyways, unknown at this time. Uh, but the problem is how this engram works. Now, this is some inside baseball because we both did the scene with Hellman where he kind of explains what happens here, is that this engram is meant to be popped into a dead body, some, you know, synapses stop firing, we put this engram in, and the engram will actually reboot the body and take over the mind, and that and person will, yeah, that person will become uh, the person on the engram. The problem yes. here is, is uh, when you were shot in the head, uh, you put this engram in before you died. So this engram started its process of taking over your mind before you were shot in the head, and in being shot in the head, the engram then, of course, did its job and revived you. Uh, you're back from the dead. With this engram in your head. And you learn from the doc uh, that this engram is actually deteriorating your brain. And that you are slowly becoming Johnny Silverhand who is imprinted on the engram. Which is why you were seeing his memories. And why now you are seeing distorted visions. Well, they don't yeah. necessarily say you're becoming Johnny Silverhand. They just say that it's taking over your brain. We don't know exactly what happens. We don't that know the implications yet. Yeah. yeah, We don't uh, know so what you, happens exactly. So uh, you are given the choice of red pill or blue pill. <laughs> Uh, it's explained in science where it's just like, hey, here's Omega Blockers or something. And if Johnny's talking to you in your brain, you can take this and make him shut up. Or you can you can take the other pill and see how far this rabbit hole goes. Uh, or <laughs> like straight out of Matrix. Uh, so you, uh, V kind of, this is the part where I think we'll kind of end the conversation here is, is the mortality of V and the ticking clock of the game. Is that after this point, when the game truly opens up, like th this is a few well, hours this, in and now the game yeah. is actually starting here, part three of Cyberpunk Conversation, the game has started. Um, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Silverhand is in your head and at first he's very antagonistic. He wants to take, take you over. He doesn't want to, he's beating you up in your brain, which must look like the fight, fights from Fight Club. Uh, he's throwing you around, you're puking, you're having a rough time, and Johnny Silverhand's in your face just being like, I, your body sucks, but it's my body now, and I'm taking over it. Uh, you take these pills, you pass out. When you wake up, uh, and a few, uh, a, a few minutes into the game after that, Johnny Silverhand's much more agreeable. And, you know, there's a lot of cool... It depends on how you take the story. It depends on as Johnny is taking over your brain, he realizes, I don't need to be... This is just inevitability. It's happening. And Johnny kind of becomes your friend at that point. Well, or He also wants the yes. chip out because he, at some point, surmises, like, if like for all I know, I'm also going to fucking die. Right. Uh, he also wants the chip removed so he can find a fresh body, a dead body, I guess, to put the chip in so he can take over that with no possible issues coming up because of it. Right. So you get kind of a cyberpunk version of, of having a psychic buddy in your head. He can see and experience all the things that V is. He can appear that where V can only see him. You can talk to him uh, via telepathy, I guess. And uh, Johnny shows up, not only in Johnny-related missions, but he'll show up on side stuff and, and with his comments and stuff like that. And the utilization of Keanu Reeves in this way, in this game, I feel is really well done. I feel yeah, like this I've is... Yeah. I normally don't really like Keanu Reeves in a lot of movies. I like John Wick, you know, um, but like I don't like The Matrix. I don't like Speed or anything like that. <laughs> um, 
but I think he's really well utilized. The Lake House, in this. fuck that movie. Yeah, um, he has he has like the tone and the attitude of like, yeah, I could picture this guy being like some weird fucking musician terrorist guy. Like he's so out, out to lunch. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think Keanu does an absolute fucking great job in this, and he has some fantastic lines. Him in regards to the side quest, I think is the most interesting part though, because he often plays not like the devil's advocate, but he always gives you the opinion on the other thing. Um, without spoiling too much, for example, um, you're going to do this quest and you have the option essentially of doing what this person asked you to do or doing this other thing, which might help a lot of other people, but it might not, you don't know. Uh, so you can either agree with Johnny, disagree with him, or if you have high enough stats, you can kind of find a little in between point. But what's really interesting about all of this is it makes me wonder um, all these side quests, all the interactions with Johnny, I wonder if there's some background math going on to sh- to, that determines how many times you agreed with him or disagreed with him or were on like a level playing field and if this will affect the ending of the game whatsoever. Yeah, I mean the character's relationship with Johnny is going to be something that we'll talk about through this entire uh, conversation of cyberpunk obviously especially with some really interesting things that hellman is asking you about because i did all the dialogue with hellman because it's like i'm i'm cur- i'm interested in knowing as much about this as i can and hellman's like so straight up he's like by my understanding of my own tech you are two personalities in one body uh where you start and end and where johnny starts and end is completely unknown and he's trying to ask you he's like are you doing anything differently than you did before this? Are you being influenced? And he's like, you won't know you are because Johnny is you. Like there's no separating the actions. And then you kind of think about it and there's some subtle things throughout missions. So when you down that AV in the desert, and this is where we'll end it today, you down this AV with with Panam in the desert and you go to start, set up an EMP. As you are sabotaging that stuff, as you are straight up terrorist V sabotaging this thing to make an EMP blast to fuck with the corpse, there is uh, visual glitches. And I thought that was just related to the power surge. But I've also noticed it in other missions where I'm like doing Johnny Silverhand shit. And I'm wondering if that's trying to tip you off to be like, are you doing this? Or are you doing what you're told because Johnny's in your head? And I think that's vastly interesting. And I hope they stick the landing on that in this game. That's it. Well, that's what I want to say. Yep. Yeah. That's a, anyway. That's a big old cyberpunk conversation. And man, we didn't even talk about builds. We didn't even talk about which I think is the most interesting and fun part about this game is the wide variety of builds you can do and the really fun things you can do once you start understanding uh, the cost of items, the game mechanics, and how exactly you can manipulate uh, the hacking system and several perks. That's the key, is that this is a game that's made to be broken. You're made to find a build that works for you and is very efficient, and that's where the style comes in. Because, like, I didn't go into this game thinking I'd be maining katanas and running around like a cyber ninja ripping people's heads off, but here we are. At oh, Iceberg. No, sorry. At Iceberg oh. Podcast <laughs> is us on Twitter. LeeAtTitsTheIceberg.com is my email address. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will be back next week with more Cyberpunk. Look for the Pokemon Mega episode coming up in two days on Christmas. Look for Sultans of Slam coming up this weekend. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone, and a Happy Holidays, and be safe. And we will talk to you again in a week about Cyberpunk, mostly.